Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life, from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's begin. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Stefan here from Project Life Mastery, and it's been a couple months since I've published here on Project Life Mastery, but I wanted to do a video to share with you guys an update of my life. There's been quite a few significant happenings occur in my life over the last several months, which I'm excited to share with you guys, and I'll share with you guys the ups and the downs, because while there have been some ups, which I'll get into, some successes and victories and positive experiences, there's also been some challenges. There's been some struggles. And I wanna share with you guys both of that. I'm gonna be as transparent as I can and just give you guys and share with you guys what's been going on in my life for those of you that have followed me for the years and are curious on what's going on. Because ultimately what I hope that you get from my videos is value and that value can come in the form of inspiration to show you what's possible, that if I can do this, then you can too. You can see where I started just here on Project Life Mastery over the last 10 years, and you can see how progress and transformation occurs and how success occurs over a period of time by implementing a variety of things that I've shared throughout the years here on Project Life Mastery. But I also hope that you get a new way of thinking, a new mindset, a new way of perceiving events from your life. And when I share the challenges and struggles, um, while we might go through painful and uncomfortable and difficult events in the short term, ultimately, I think there's a certain way of thinking, a certain mindset that we want to take on in our lives so that when we look back at those moments, we don't perceive them as low moments. We don't perceive them as things that negatively impacted our lives and now we're a victim because of that event. I don't believe that that's a useful and intelligent way of living life. I think that we want to be able to process trauma, painful moments, difficulties, challenges. We want to grow from them and ultimately look back and say, wow, that was a gift. That was a blessing. That was something that served me. I learned so much from that. And so I'm going to share with you guys the way that I look at these challenges that I've gone through and uh, the lessons that I've pulled from them so that hopefully you can learn that as well. I can save you time <laughs> and pain and stress and you can you know, um, avoid some of these things as best as you can in life, but ultimately share that with you guys so that you guys can live the best life that you can, because that's what I want for you. So let's dive in. Okay. So the first most important thing I got to start with is the exciting news that I am now officially a father. I did it. <laughs> uh, our little boy, Lucas was born into this world about nine weeks ago. Uh, he's a special little boy. I love him with all my heart. Uh, it's an indescribable feeling and experience bringing a life into this world. Um, you know, he's now at the stage where he's starting to smile at you and notice you and look at you and just, you know, uh, you can interact with him a little bit more than you originally could. And just watching that development is incredible. It's just such a miracle bringing a life into this world and, um, and, and just kind of watching that development occur over time. So I'm really excited about this chapter of my life and been really embracing it and just adapting to it and taking it on. And there's been a steep, steep learning curve with this, just like anything new that you're, you know, kind of uh, starting in your life. There's a learning curve, there's ups, there's downs with that. Uh, but 
he's healthy, he's developing well, uh, all is good and great on that front. Uh, now, I will share a few of the challenges though, because first and foremost, the birth of our child did not go according to plan. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, they, they say uh, in life, if you wanna make God laugh, tell him your plans, because while you might have a plan for your life and how you want things to go, God has his own plan. And so uh, the experience was quite a traumatic experience. It was a very difficult experience because uh, I won't go into all the details. Maybe I will at some point in another video if you guys are interested. But uh, the shorter version of it I'll, I'll give you guys is first and foremost, Tatiana had a very long labor. It was about a 40-hour labor. And one thing I'll say is Tatiana is a warrior. This woman is an amazing, amazing woman. Uh, I, I mean, I've obviously witnessed that firsthand being you know, her partner for the last nine years now. But her tolerance for pain, her attitude, her mindset uh, to go through what she went through is incredibly inspirational. Uh, she had no fear throughout the whole process. And what women go through in general uh, to give birth is incredible. Massive, massive, massive respect to women, to moms um, that endure you know, what they have to go through to bring a life into this world. Um, but first and foremost, she had a very long labor, which unfortunately did not progress in the way that we had hoped. And so we ended up going to an emergency C-section at the hospital. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty exhausting experience, you know, not getting sleep and just, you know, especially for Tatiana, uh, the amount of energy that she's exerting through pushing and contractions and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but we did the emergency C-section. And so here Tatiana and I are in the operating room expecting the birth of our son. And when he you know, first comes out, you hear that cry. And it's such an emotional moment to be able to hear that life and you know, hear your son enter into this world. And that quickly changed, unfortunately, because we did not hear a cry after that. And uh, immediately after that, you could sense a panic and a fear in the room where doctors, nurses are coming in and you can just sense the energy because you knew that there was something wrong. And it's one of the most scariest moments of my life because um, there's nothing you can do. The only thing you can do is pray. And so I'm there with Tatiana, you know, just praying and just saying, God, please, you know, whatever's going on, just allow our boy to be healthy, to live through this. and. A minute feels like an eternity. And, you know, maybe 10 minutes or so went by. And um, unfortunately, he had a difficulty breathing and had to be resuscitated. And so, um, you know, he had CPR performed on him and everything. And thankfully, after the 10 minutes or so of that scary moment, um, he was okay. And you hear, you know, more cries coming and whew, just a huge sense of relief after that moment. But, um, yeah, it was a very, very emotional and very, very challenging experience to go through something like that. Because, you know, you don't expect, you know, your baby to come into this world and have a difficulty breathing or to be kind of tested in that way. Um, but thankfully, he was okay after that. And he was able to breathe okay. He just, I think, had some fluid in his lungs and, you know, just needed some assistance uh, with that. And so, you know, I'm able to now take our baby boy and, you know, things that we had originally planned did not go according to plan. We wanted skin-to-skin -skin contact right away. We wanted to do delayed cord clamping and, you know, make sure that this experience for our son coming to this world would be a beautiful experience, a, an experience of love. And, you know, I'm sure it could be a, quite a traumatic experience for a baby to come into this world and your first experience of life in this world is the panic, the fear, the survival of just not being able to breathe, you know, just that basic human need and instinct of breath, bringing in oxygen and just having that panic of not being able to and just the energy and the fear that, um, you know, occurred in that room must have been a quite traumatic experience for a baby. And so um, there's actually a great book I remember I heard about many, many years ago called The Trauma of Birth because the experience of birth can be a traumatic event for many human beings. And it's not something that we consciously remember, but it gets stored in the body. And healing and releasing of that needs to occur at some point in one's life, I believe. So um, 
Anyways, our little baby boy comes into my hands and he was the most precious thing. It's just after nine months of anticipation of bringing a life into this world and you know, finally have that moment occur. And especially after the labor, it was just such an amazing magic moment uh, that I'll never forget sharing that with Tatiana. And so here we are now in the hospital and um, you know, getting ready for the night and now adapting to having this new baby and whatnot. And unfortunately, we had another challenge and scare where after doing some blood work, the nurses came into our room uh, you know, late into the night and said, your baby has a high level of jaundice, uh, which, you know, all babies, I think, have jaundice to some degree, but they're, they're, it's basically this chemical called bilirubin, which uh, the babies get from the mother and it, they naturally eliminate it. They have underdeveloped livers and so it, it gets eliminated over time, but usually it's okay for most babies within a couple of weeks. But because our son Lucas had a really high level of bilirubin and jaundice, if it's not treated immediately, then it can lead to brain damage. And so what happened was they had to bring this incubator into our room and Lucas had to be in this incubator for 24 hours where he has, it's like this plastic bubble where they have these bright blue lights shining on him because the lights help the body break down the bilirubin. And then they have to basically be in this incubator for 24 hours, but every three hours they can come out for a quick feeding and then they go back in because they need to feed a lot because the way that they get rid of the bilirubin is they eliminate it through their urine and their poop. And so it was a rough night. <laughs> there is no sleep. You know, not only did we not get any sleep during the long labor, but now we're not getting any sleep. And Tatiana's meanwhile also recovering from a major abdominal surgery. And so here we are, long, long uh, night, and Lucas would not sleep in the incubator because it was really hot with those lights as well. And so crying all night and, you know, it, it, was, it was pretty rough. It was a pretty rough uh, that first night or so, you know, in the hospital. But thankfully, did another blood test and things were progressing and working as they should. And so that was also a bit of a scare and a challenge uh, with our birth. Um, Spent three nights in the hospital. And ever since then, everything's been okay. Uh, you know, there's been, I say, a big ab adaptation time. And this is part of the struggles too, because as much as you can prepare and plan for bringing a child into this world, and I feel Tatiana and I did everything we possibly could to plan and prepare as much as we could. We made sure that we financially were financially free, did not have to work. We're both able to retire from business, be as present as we want to be, in the experience of bringing a child into this world and raising kids and starting a family, financially eliminating all financial worries and burdens, reading books and watching videos and just learning as much as you can about being a parent and about babies uh, and you know, getting all the help that one can get you know, by hiring chefs and cleaners and housekeepers and all of that sort of stuff so that you can really step into this experience and be the best that you possibly can during that experience. But as much preparation as you do, nothing can prepare you for being a first-time parent. All of a sudden, overnight, you have a 24-7 job and responsibility, and uh, you're learning as you go. Um, there's a period of you obviously learning about your baby and your baby learning about you. And I don't want to generalize and say that everyone has the same experience because obviously every experience is different, every baby is different. Some babies can be a little more challenging than others. Other babies are, you know, can be really, really easy. Um, you know, so obviously there's many different variables and things like that. I do think there's certain things that are universal. You know, most people that we've talked to said, you know, a lot of the challenges that you're going through are normal challenges. You know, it's just normal being a first-time parent. And, you know, at this stage of a newborn, uh, there's a lot of responsibility with that. So um, I'd say the biggest challenges are adapting. Um, you now have this baby where its needs are the most important thing because its needs, it's 100% dependent on you for its survival. And so you previously lived a life where you have your own free time, you know, you uh, don't have as, many, as much responsibility, you can relax when you want to relax, you can do the things that you want to do. If you don't feel like doing something, you can take time, just do nothing if you want to. Now all of a sudden with the baby, you lose out on some of those luxuries that you once had. Now, if you don't want to do it, you have to do it. You have to step up. If you 
Uh, you know, the baby's up in the middle of the night, you're up in the middle of the night, you know, you're not getting much sleep, you know, getting sleep is a luxury if you can get it, but for the most part, it's just not as important because you have to be willing and you just have to sacrifice your needs, your selfish desires, your needs and desires to do what you want to do, to relax in the evening time or to watch sports or whatever it is that you selfishly enjoy doing for yourself and you know how you dedicate and allocate your time. Now you have something that is dependent on you and you have to sacrifice those needs for this other being. And um, that can be a, diff- a difficult shock and change to one's life because any form of change is met with resistance. You know, anything that you want to change in your life, which I'm sure you've experienced, whether it's changing uh, your, your body or your relationship or your social life or becoming more productive, more successful, your career financially, eliminating bad habits and replacing with new po- positive habits. Any form of change that one's trying to make in their life is met with resistance. There's the ego that wants to preserve itself, its comfort zone, its familiarity, the known, and it does not want to enter into the unknown. And so when you try to make these changes, you're being pulled back to what's familiar and what's comfortable. And most often when you're experiencing that resistance, when you're trying to change something in your life, you have some steps forward and then you have some steps back and progressively over time, you make that a permanent and a lasting change. But with this sort of change, when that resistance occurs, you don't have the luxury to uh, you know, not change. <laughs> like you have to change, you have to change now, you have to step up, you have to figure it out. Um, there's no option to now go back and be like, oh, you know, I, you know, I'll change my diet tomorrow, I'll work out tomorrow, I'll do this later, at, you know, next week or when I get back from you know, a month from now or whatever. There's none of that. It's like you are changing now. There's massive amount of resistance to that change. And there's a process that you go through where eventually with all change that occurs in one's life, you eventually just accept. You accept this new reality. You accept this new life and you learn to embrace it. And so there's that struggle and that challenge that is occurring, um, which hopefully, you know, you're able to Maybe understand. I think, you know, obviously someone who's a parent probably understands that a lot more than someone that isn't. Um, that's a challenge. You know, the challenge is, of course, just with a newborn baby. You know, uh, like I said, every baby's different, but dealing with the crying can be a challenge. It was for me initially because when you have a baby that's just screaming its lungs out and you are trying to figure out what to do, <laughs> it could be pretty uh, stressful at times. Uh, you know, so that's a challenge, you know, putting a baby to sleep can be a challenge, you know, if he's overtired and, you know, could take 30 minutes or an hour to put a baby to sleep. And then, you know, they might wake up again within 30 minutes and you're going through that process again. So there's challenges that I would have never been able to anticipate. And it's way harder than I thought. And I want to give even more credit and acknowledgement to moms out there because, uh, obviously, the job that Tatiana has is way harder than what I'm going through uh, and what I've gone through. So for her, man, it's just watching Tatiana uh, be a mom is amazing. Watching how she's able to step up, watching the instincts that she has to take care of this baby. Um, you know, her obviously being the, the main one that's not getting sleep. Uh, it's just incredible. You know, being a mom is such an underrated job. And I think it's just because it's such a common job, but it's such a significant job. It's the most important, the most significant job in the world. And it's kind of shocking how like it doesn't get appreciated as much. It's like people, uh, you know, sometimes they just look at a mom, just a mom. And I think women can compare themselves to other women that are maybe doing more. But man, just being a mom is enough. Being a mom is significant. Being a mom is incredible. It's like massive, massive respect. So um, that is a pretty amazing thing to witness and experience. Uh, I'd say, you know, the first month or two is the hardest. Things are getting easier now. Uh, we've got help. We've got a nanny. We, you know, house taken care of. We have some help with family. All of those things have been useful for us. And there's so much more that I could share. Maybe I'll do another video if you guys are interested in, uh, some new tips for new parents. If any of you guys are at that stage, let me know in the comments. And there's so much that I could share about the experience, but 
Uh, overall, what I will say is it's an amazing experience despite the challenges and the struggles that occur just with being a new parent. Um, uh, it's getting easier. It's getting better now as well because now you can bond with your baby a little bit more because initially they just feed, sleep, poop. Um, there's not much interaction. You know, now Lucas will look at you and, you know, grab at you, grab your hands and hold your hand and smile at you and you know, it's, it's, it makes all of the struggle worth it when you see uh, those experiences occur now with your child. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to what's coming after this stage and just seeing how he's going to, you know, eventually walk and talk and, you know, say I love you and say data and, you know, you'll be able to cuddle with him and go play with him in the park and all those sort of things that are coming. I really, really look forward uh, to those experiences of being a father. So, um, Okay. That's the main event that has occurred in my life. Um, the next thing I'll share with you guys. So here I'm in Vancouver at our home and it's a construction zone right now. Um, I'll share with you guys this experience. So back in December, just before Christmas, there was a water pipe burst that occurred in our building and it occurred two floors above ours. I think it affected 12 floors, 20, excuse me, 20 something units uh, were affected by it. Uh, we were in Panama at the time and, um, you know, so, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, the unit was damaged. They had to do emergency restoration. Uh, when they came in, did the emergency restoration, the main thing is they want to dry everything up as much as they can. And, uh, you know, our biggest concern was mold because if you don't do a really good and effective restoration, then within 24 or 48 hours, mold can start to be growing and there was a significant amount of water. And so that was our biggest concern is to not live in a place with mold. We know so many people, friends, family that have dealt with mold issues, people that have had health effects because of mold. And so we're very aware of that. And so uh, it was a bit of a frustrating experience because the emergency restoration company, we feel didn't do a great job. Uh, they actually missed an area actually here in the kitchen uh, where there was water and moisture and they didn't even mark it off and put any fans there or anything until we later pointed it out to them and they later acknowledged that. And so that was something that, you know, concerned us quite a bit. And uh, it is, I just got to say, just this whole experience dealing with insurance and strata, it is a huge pain in the ass. Uh, it's an experience that I don't wish anybody goes through. Um, first of all, strata was pretty non-responsive throughout most of this experience. And it can be very frustrating when you're concerned about your home and you're reaching out to Strata, finding out what's, do, you know, what's going on, what are they doing and whatnot, and you're not getting responses, you're not getting communication. And that's kind of a consistent thing throughout this process is just a lack of communication, uh, which for me, someone who's been in the business world and someone, I just think that if you have any type of working relationship, and especially in the case of Strata, where you're representing the owners of a building, uh, I think that you have a responsibility to be professional. And part of that professionalism is being responsive in a timely matter. It's not like I expect a response within 24 hours, but you know, not responding after a week or two, I just think is unacceptable. So that was kind of a frustrating part of the experience. Um, but uh, it took about three months for the strata to even file an insurance claim. And so our place was basically in this, you know, they had the emergency restoration to dry things out, but nothing was happening after three months. And the reason is, is that buildings, they have their own insurance and they have a certain deductible. In the case of this building, it was $100,000. So basically they will only, they have to pay $100,000 from the strata reserve and contingency fund in order to make the insurance claim. And so if the damage that has occurred as a result of this event is less than $100,000, then Strata wants the owners to file their own claim with their own insurance to restore whatever damage. And obviously though, the damage is more than $100,000. And so I don't know what happened. I mean, they're dragging their feet on this whole thing. And after finally three months, they do the insurance claim. They bring in the adjuster. They're getting quotes on all the repairs that needs to take place with all the different units. And then they make a bid and determine who they want to go ahead with. And, uh, you know, now it's been, I guess, three months or so since they've been doing the repairs. Uh, essentially, they had to replace all the floors. So we got brand new floors, which is great. Uh, but our unit is uh, 
was, was a bit of a, more of a challenge than other units. Our unit was actually originally three units uh, that got combined into one unit. And so this is a pretty big apartment. It's 3,100 square feet. And it has a lot of fixtures. And so, for example, this whole wine cellar had to come out, all the glass. You know, there's like an air conditioning unit for cooling the wine uh, cellar. There's a lot of fixtures in the bedrooms, in the offices that all had to come out. We had a California closet as well that had to come out, you know, here in the family room with the, the TV set up and the entertainment unit, all that had to come out. So our project, our place was a pretty big job um, uh, that was a little bit more difficult than I think with other units. And so um, still not done yet, <laughs> getting closer. I think hopefully we'll be able to move in, move back in here in uh, the next two weeks or so. Uh, we, uh, unfortunately, when we did come back to Vancouver, we did spend a few weeks here and we actually were concerned again about the mold. So we did mold testing. We did an air sample test and we actually found a very high level of when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply mold. There was two levels of mold that were significantly higher than what was outside. You know, when they do an air test, they do a control and that's outside. And then they measure in a few different rooms inside. And so we actually found one species of mold that was 300 times more than what was found outside. And then there was another species of mold that was found inside that was not found outside. And so that was obviously a big concern. And uh, the challenge that we faced with that was Insurance not really acknowledging it. Uh, insurance, which I, I felt was just incredibly irresponsible because even if there's suspected mold, you got to take that seriously. You know, for people's livelihoods, you know, in our case, we're having a new baby. We don't want to expose our baby to these high levels of mold. And so that was something that they, unfortunately, with insurance companies, again, not all, but, you know, I think you know, insurance companies get this reputation. Uh, nobody likes dealing with them because, you know, they try to do the bare minimum. They try to avoid anything that's going to cost them more money. And they kind of try to grind you down, like by also not responding. <laughs> you know, you email them and, you know, a week later you haven't gotten a response. And so you follow up, hello, anything going on? Just want to touch base. Did you get my last email? And, you know, another week goes by and it's just, you know, just getting responses from insurance, from the restoration companies, just getting communication, even if they don't know the answers. I appreciate when someone just says, hey, you know, uh, sorry, we've been really busy, been backed up, we've got a lot of other things going on. I can acknowledge I received your email. I'll get back to it in the next week or so. Like just that level of communication is always appreciated. But, you know, I'd say that was probably one of the biggest challenges was just dealing with the lack of communication that was occurring. Um, so thankfully, you know, now there is a lower level of mold than there originally was. And that was something that, you know, we had to really fight for and, you know, prioritize and push them for. And we feel a lot better about that now. And so hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be able to move back in here in the next uh, two weeks or so. Uh, but what also made it challenging was, you know, we had to find a new place to live literally like two weeks before, three weeks before Lucas was born. And so, you know, finding somewhere to move into and, you know, that can accept our dog Kobe and be close to the hospital, all that sort of stuff was a bit of a challenge at that stage. And so we've been staying in another unit here in the same building that we found uh, just for the last few months. So that's been that. <laughs> now, of course, as I said at the start of this, there's been challenges, there's been struggles, I'm not gonna lie. There's been times where I've been frustrated, I've been tested. But ultimately what I look at is 
That's the greatest opportunity that we have in lives in our lives when those challenges occur and they elicit this emotional response. It could be fear, it could be anxiety, it could be stress, it could be anger, it could be frustration, whatever the emotions that arise from a certain event. I believe that we have 100% control of how we respond. I take responsibility for how I respond to the events of my life. I can't control what happens in life, but I can choose how to respond. And whenever I respond in a way that is any form of suffering, anger, frustration, anxiety, stress, then I know that that's something that I need to work on. That's something that I, I can never fully justify because if I want to get to the place of where I want to be in my life, I need to become a, the kind of person that can overcome all of that and can still choose and make the choice to be happy, joyful, grateful, uh, loving, compassionate, patient. Those are all things that I can choose to take on in these moments because otherwise, if I don't make that choice, and I don't have that mindset and this belief, then I become a victim in life. I become a victim to whatever happens and occurs. And the problem with that is I don't wanna live my life a slave to all these external events outside my control and allow them to dictate how I feel moment to moment. That's a really negative way, disempowering way to live life because then what, this happens in life, like the weather's bad and now I'm depressed and now I'm angry or that happens in the stock market and the crypto market and now I'm like anxious and I'm allowing all these things to control me in my life. That's not in alignment. That's not in consistency with the vision that I have for my life, which is to be a joyful, happy person regardless of what's going on on the outside. Now, there might be times when, you know, yeah, you might sink into these lower levels of consciousness. You might go into these patterns of suffering. But for me, also the goal is to limit the amount of time that I spend there. So yes, I might be pissed off or angry, upset or impatient or frustrated, but having the awareness of that as soon as I can, say, okay, you know what? It's enough time uh, wallowing in this and you know having my own pity party. It's time to get out of this now and make a choice to be happy and joyful in my life. And so what I've found is these moments, the opportunity that it presents, the gift in them, is that they provide an opportunity to practice the things that you've learned, to practice the things that you've learned over the years of reading books and all the self-help books and going to the seminars and all the notes that you took. It's easy to sit there in a seminar or to watch a course or watch a YouTube video or read a book and learn how to deal with adversity when you're you know, comfortable sitting in your home. That's easy to do, but the real growth occurs when you have to put that into practice you gotta practice what you've learned. You gotta practice these things that you learn from these videos and these courses, and you've gotta apply them to your life. And you gotta manage your state. You gotta manage your mindset. You gotta manage your belief systems. You gotta make sure you don't sink in and create disempowering, limiting beliefs. You have to have awareness, a hyper level of awareness of what's occurring in the mind, and learn to calm the mind, learn to let things go, learn to surrender to God. You know, as part of a spiritual practice, trust in God and his plan, you know, and just trust that it's gonna lead you to something better in your life. It's having that faith. You know, all of these principles and these ideas, that's the time to practice them. And that's where all the growth is. There's not much, there's some growth and there's value, of course, in just sitting there taking notes in a seminar and reading books and watching videos. But if you want massive growth, it's going through hard times and surviving it and thriving from it ultimately so that you are not traumatized from those events, but you look at them with a positive mindset. You've reframed them. You're looking at them in a much positive, much more positive and um, you know, just a, a good lens and you know, filtering things through a much better uh, mindset. So that for me is the ultimate growth and, and what I've kind of pulled from that event and the other events that I've gone through. So Okay, so the next update I'll give you guys, uh, this is something more positive. <laughs> I think all of this is positive. You know, I really do believe, guys, everything that happens in our lives is a gift. Life is happening for us, not to us, okay? It's not like everything's happening to you and that you're a victim. It's happening for you. I, I believe that God, the universe, whatever your spiritual beliefs are, is giving you these challenges as an opportunity for you to grow become more. It's like a great personal trainer. You know, a great trainer, they challenge you. You know, if you're trying to lift weights 
and you know you give up at a certain point, they're going to say, do one more rep, two more reps, three more reps. They'll push you beyond what you thought you could possibly do. And I don't think God gives you challenges that you can't overcome. And sometimes there's lessons that you need to get that if you don't get them, there'll be another challenge that God you know, will happily give you until you get that lesson. So that's how I view all events of my life. And that's what allows me to live a joyous life. It's just this mindset. Because yes, I can look at these things and hold on and be attached to you know the negative aspects of this. And I can have the story of it. And I can tell all the people my pity story and the challenges I've gone through. And people will give me attention and sympathy for that and say, oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. And they can feel sorry for me. I don't want that. I don't want you know this low level of connection with people and attention that some people get just from having these problems. You know, people they get addicted to the payoff that you get. Like there's a level of payoff you get from other people feeling sorry for you, and you gotta you know you kind of feel significant because you get to share this problematic story of your life. Um, but I look at that as victimhood, and I'm more committed to being a victor in my life, being victorious than being a victim. So. Um, I look at that as having upside and having benefit versus being caught up in being a victim and being negative and you know focusing on how much something sucks in my life that has a tremendous cost to my mental health, my physical health, my well-being, suffering in my life, and it doesn't have much benefit. So I'd much rather make the choice to perceive things from a place that gives me more benefit and has little cost. So next thing I'll share with you guys. I just bought a new property, a third home. <laughs> uh, Tatiana and I just bought a, uh, uh, a new property in Sun Peaks, British Columbia. We actually take possession of it in the next two weeks. Uh, Sun Peaks is the second largest ski resort in Canada. Uh, it's the second largest by skiable region next to Whistler, Whistler being number one. It's about a four and a half hour drive from Vancouver. Uh, the place that we bought is a three bedroom uh, townhouse that's about 12 to 15 minute walk to the village, uh, ski in, ski out. So, you know, you can basically, there's a, a lift right across the street that you can take the chairlift up and then you can ski right back into your door. And so uh, the reason why we bought this property, uh, number one, first and foremost, as an investment. And so I like to, you know, look at things and allocate my money and wanted to diversify a little bit into more real estate. But the reason why I thought it was a good investment is right now interest rates are really high. And uh, while you might be paying more money on a mortgage if you were to get one, uh, the market has been slower, less sales activity. You know, uh, Canada, they also instituted a two-year foreign buyer ban. So basically, if you're not a Canadian citizen or resident, for the next two years, you know, foreigners cannot invest in Canadian real estate. Uh, and a place like Sun, Sun Peaks is dependent on foreign investment. Um, and so while interest rates are higher, you know, the market's slower, you can, you know, I think we got a better price than what we otherwise would have been able to get for that reason. And so we're looking for opportunity in that way. Um, now the, the place in Sun Peaks, the way that you make money from it, because it's a ski resort is, uh, these, these, you know, apartments and townhouses, they're zoned for short-term rentals. And so it's a property that will get rented out December, January in the ski season almost every night and uh, can make a lot of money with short-term rentals. Uh, for me, when I invest in something like real estate, I do a lot of due diligence and planning and looking at all the numbers to make sure that it makes sense. But um, I've been in communication with several property managers and they manage similar units and they're able to share with me all their numbers so I can get an idea of what to expect in terms of how much money you can gross you know, what uh, the vacancy rate is and everything during the ski and snowboard season. And so Sun Peaks, I think, is a great investment. Uh, it's a really growing and developing uh, ski resort. Um, you know, obviously Whistler is number one, but a lot of people aren't going to Whistler as much because it's very expensive in Whistler. It's very busy and gets overcrowded. You know, if you want to go on a lift, for example, you might be waiting a while. There's a lot more of a party crowd also in Whistler too versus Sun Peaks. People like going up there because it's more family oriented, it's a lot quieter, it's a lot cheaper, a lot less weights at the lifts, and it has amazing terrain. Um, so the times when we're not here in Canada and Vancouver and we're living in Panama, we knew that we can make great money from this property during the winter time. And so 
that was great from an investment perspective is that uh, you know we can rent out and make some great money in that regard. And then also Sun Peaks is becoming more of a four season resort. And so they're investing a lot into their summertime and the shoulder seasons. So right now, for example, they have mountain biking and you know all that sort of stuff going on. Uh, so you can also rent it short term during the summer. But one of the benefits that we liked with Sun Peaks is that you know, usually when we come back to Vancouver, we're here doing more of the summertime. And then the winter times we're off in Panama because they have, you know, Panama's got great weather during that time of the year. It's their dry season. Um, but when we come back here, you know, I want to be able to get away from the city and be able to go up somewhere more in the interior and be more in nature. That's something I've valued a lot more of. And so Sun Peaks allows us to get some personal use as well. And it's also uh, exempt from what British Columbia, the province of BC has called the BC Speculation and Vacancy Tax, which basically uh, forces people that if it's not your primary residence, you have to rent it out for at least six months out of the year in 30-day increments. And this is something that you pay a tax on if you don't do it. And this is all to redistribute that towards affordable housing in the province and whatnot. And so um, that's something that we have to deal with here in our Vancouver home because it's not our primary residence. Uh, you know, we, you know, there's a, you have to rent this home that we're in now for at least six months. Otherwise, there's a tax, the, the BC spec and vac vacancy tax. And there's also the Vancouver empty homes tax, which is 3% of the property's value. And so um, Sun Peaks is exempt from that because it's a ski resort, just like Whistler is as well. So anyways, maybe I'll do another video. Uh, I'll do a video. How about this? When I take possession of it, I'll do a tour, show you guys a place, show you guys Sun Peaks. Maybe it's a destination if you might be interested in visiting. It's really beautiful. I love it up there. Uh, but for those of you that might be interested in snowboarding, skiing, and uh, hey, maybe you want to rent my place. <laughs> you know, I'll uh, maybe share that at some point and do a video and just kind of show you guys the property and more details about the investment side of it. And, uh, and yeah, maybe it's a place that you guys can check out at some point in your life if you want to ski, snowboard, or the summertime and just enjoy the beauty and the nature there as well. So that's something I'm excited about. Um, great investment, I feel. Great uh, expansion of my lifestyle. Uh, now to have three homes uh, is pretty amazing. Uh, you know, right now our place in Panama is still under construction. I did a video on that previously, but I'll do another one when we're back in Panama in September. Uh, coming along fast. It's on uh, track to be finished later this year. So we're really excited to move into that. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing to be able to create a life. I think one of the greatest benefits of wealth and financial freedom is being able to create a certain lifestyle. And the lifestyle for me that I find most attractive is being able to live in multiple homes, multiple environments. I'm not as drawn to materialism like cars and clothes and things like that. It's more the lifestyle and the environment. Like I love being in Panama, being on the beach and having that lifestyle, golfing, tennis, you know, restaurants and, you know, swimming in the ocean and, you know, that kind of lifestyle to be able to have that for a part of the year and then be able to come to Vancouver and then have the city life. It's a bit busier, you know, you got the, the seawall here, you can go for walks, your friends, your family, more activity, more things going on. So the city life I enjoy. But then when I'm tired of that, you know, you can go up to the mountains and, you know, go hike, you know, hiking and biking and, uh, you know, be in a more of a quieter environment away from the city and sun peaks. So I see that as one of the greatest benefits that money can provide. And, 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 you know, in terms of how I've invested my money and things like that, that upgrade my lifestyle in those ways. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to, you know, kind of be done now renting because I've been rent, you know, we bought this property in 2021, but you know, haven't had as much of an opportunity to live in it as we'd like because especially this year with the water damage uh, and our house in Panama being built. So, you know, it'd be nice to actually now live in these homes <laughs> that I've accumulated and uh, no longer have to rent. I'll have to rent when we go back to Panama for a few months while we're waiting for construction or home to be finished, but uh, that's okay. Um, okay, last thing I'll update you guys on is just what else has been going on for me in my life. Uh, I mentioned in one of my videos why I stopped publishing on YouTube that I pretty much retired. Um, I don't really like the word retirement because it, it's not like necessarily a permanent thing and it doesn't mean that I don't do anything related to, to business ever again. 
Um, I've been very like a couple hours a month maybe doing some administrative type stuff or I'll send some emails here and there or maybe I'll do a video like this every once in a while. So it's not like 100% retirement, but uh, in many ways it has been. Um, what I'll say is that it's been amazing, amazing. Uh, you know, when you start making money in your life, you become, you know, if you start building online businesses and you get those benefits, you know, the benefits I've been preaching for a long time and why people pursue an online business and to make a lot of money is the freedom. I experienced freedom in my life over the years in terms of being able to travel the world, work from home, have my own schedule, take time away, spend my money how I want to spend it. Those are great benefits. But I feel like this year I've been able to experience the even greater benefits that financial freedom provides, which is retirement. Like where you can truly, you don't even have to work anymore. Like you don't have to do anything you do not want to do in your life. You can basically live your life in a way where each day there's no responsibility or pressure of something you have to do, which you, you know obviously you have in a business or a job. And I did before. I had the pressures of and the responsibility of putting out YouTube videos and I had employees and I had to pay them and manage them and give them things to do and projects going on and pressures even just with having an audience of people that watch my content and you know want certain things from me and messages and emails coming in and all that sort of stuff. To be able to let go and release that and live your life in a way where every day you can choose what you want to do with your time is pretty amazing to have that level of freedom. That's been the great one of the greatest benefits that I've experienced now. And for me, I've actually realized has been a better way of living life compared to before because I've been so much happier than I was before. Um, I was happy before, but I also had more stresses, responsibility, pressures, and aspects of a business I wasn't enjoying as much. Whereas I just noticed I was just so much happier. I had way less stress, way less thoughts, things going on in my mind. And that was, it's been very precious to have that. And now, obviously, that's been disrupted with having a baby, uh, you know, in terms of the freedom element from it. But um, I'm so grateful for online businesses and the opportunity that has provided me in my life and how it's changed my life. Um, I can say definitive, you know, with total certainty and definitiveness, it's worth it. The struggles, the challenges, the sacrifices I went through to build online businesses the money that I lost and, and ups and downs, all of that was worth it because these rewards is, is just amazing how beneficial these rewards are to one's life. Um, so, you know, over the last few months, I've been able to live my life in very different ways than I previously did. I've been able to pursue new hobbies and new interests. I've been able to focus on meditation, more spiritual practices in my life. I've been able to learn and grow in so many beautiful ways. I've been able to uh, really um, just have a tremendous amount of peace of mind. And I think one of the biggest things has been learning to just really enjoy life. Enjoy life, like every day of my life. Um, before, and this has been an ongoing process for me, I conditioned and programmed myself to be a doer, to be this overachiever, massive action taker, super efficient, getting the most out of my day, ultimate productivity machine, essentially, just trying to achieve as much as I can in the shortest time. And that served me tremendously. That's what helped me get to this point. But I had the awareness to recognize that that was no longer serving me at a certain point, that I was living my life in the future, in my mind, constantly thinking, anticipating, planning, strategizing about the future, that I was missing out on the present moment, the here and now. And so I've had to unprogram a lot of that stuff that was useful in getting to a certain point and unprogram a lot of that and just learn, like, no, I don't need to do something. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. I can choose to do what I want to do. I can just choose to be and enjoy this moment. And so that's been really precious for me and has contributed tremendously to my happiness and um, just the peace of mind and, and just all the, so many great benefits from that. And uh, it's still a struggle at times because I have a very active mind, a very busy mind that thinks a lot, has a lot of thoughts. But meditation and the work that I've been doing there uh, and just 
being more present, enjoying the moments of life has been really precious for me and is really, I think, what life's truly about. It's not about chasing and pursuing money and material objects. At a certain point, that doesn't give you much. You know, it's just, you know, if you already have a couple cars, a couple homes, having more of that's not gonna make that much of a difference to your life. It's enjoying each moment of your life is what is key. So that's been a big focus of mine. Um, I also uh, recently went to uh, Cartagena, Colombia for a seven-day meditation retreat with Joe Dispenza. Maybe I'll do another video sharing a little bit about that, that experience. Um, but yeah, I think that's enough that I'll kind of share with you guys in this video. I don't want to rant on too much longer, but gives you guys an idea of what I've been up to, the experiences that I've had, ups, downs, how I've processed the challenges and difficulties over the last several months. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to the, the future. Obviously, this chapter being a father, our home here being finished, our Sun Peaks home taking possession of that, our Panama place, that being done later this year. And, um, you know, happy to do a video here for you guys. Maybe I'll do a little bit more and share some more with you guys as well. Um, if you guys are on my email list or things like that, I do send out some emails once in a while or on my Instagram and you know, I did already announce that uh, Lucas came into this world. So I'll link to those for you guys as well because um, those are other ways I can reach you guys, communicate uh, when I do have something going on or I do think there's something worthwhile for you to check out that I might want to share with you guys as well. So uh, those are other ways you can stay in touch um, with what I'm up to and things that might be valuable for you also. So thank you guys so much for your time, listening to me, what's been going on. Hopefully this was valuable, inspirational, some lessons here in your life and um, can help you in your life. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you again soon. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.